I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I appreciate you joining me today. Uh, I have spoken often about skating to where the puck is going, not where the puck is. This was uh, attributed to the great Wayne Gretzky, who said that's why he was so good. He wasn't a great physical specimen, wasn't a big guy, didn't think he really had uh, the greatest of skills originally. But his father told him, always skate to where the puck is going, not to where the puck is. I believe uh, this show, myself, others like me, Uh, have been skating to where the puck is going for some period of time, and I've talked about it quite often. I'm going to show you. I think there's evidence of that. Uh, You can go back. I've got a a body of work now, about six years, uh, almost seven years now. No, six and a half years on WYAB and seven years when you you add in some podcasts I did before I joined the WYAB team. But I've been talking about things that now seem to be getting into the mainstream. So we're going to take a look at a couple of those. And then also, I'm going to talk about a few more that maybe you want to keep your eye on. Maybe if you want to be a little bit ahead of the curve, if you want to be uh, somebody who has at least the opportunity to be proactive rather than being the reactionary that we usually are, uh, then there's some other topics we'll talk about as well. Uh, A couple of audio quotes of the day today. Speaking about somebody who is skating to where the puck is going, someone who is prescient, someone who has been right uh, decades ahead of their time, that is the great Ron Paul. Recently, he was on the Tim Pool show, and I thought this was a very interesting clip. It's uh, Ron Paul, and then you'll hear, I believe it's uh, Luke Radowski, another freedom fighter out there in the alternative media. Uh, But this was uh, Ron Paul on the Tim Pool show. Well, I haven't made up my mind whether or not when people talk about World War III, and most people uh, think in their mind about World War I and World War II is a certain type of war, tanks and bombs and airplanes and all that. And I can't quite visualize that. I think the world has changed too much. As a matter of fact, politics has changed a whole lot as well. But I, I've concentrated more recently on thinking about, you know, there's been a coup. That take a, we don't have any resemblance uh, to a government that believes in a republic. We don't have honest money. We don't have integrity. We don't even have people in Washington that even pretends, you know, that you're supposed to tell the truth. But I do believe there has been a coup and it's been taken over. And if I want to, if I can, I want to just put the date in my mind. And you, anybody could pick probably any date in the last hundred years. But I have picked, uh, I have picked November 22nd, 1963. What happened on that day? That was the day Kennedy was murdered by our government. Wow. 
you know, by the CIA. But that was a big day in history in my mind. Yeah, that was the beginning of the hostile takeover of the American government well, by the spy agencies that, of course, have been becoming more powerful, less unaccountable by every decade. They've been doing more crazier things. And then we came to Iran-Contra. They've been getting away with so many crazy things. They've never, never been held accountable. And for every decade, it's like, oh, yes, the last decade, the CIA did something really horrible, but they, but they were never held accountable for it. But they're definitely not doing it now. That same decade. Martin Luther King and RFK and over a hundred people that were loosely associated with Kennedy that they, they suddenly died. Nobody knows exactly which ones were related or what, but there, there's some noise out there that uh, really indicates that it was a big, big event. Yeah, wow. Bobby Kennedy, Malcolm X as well. Well, I, yeah. So there you go. I've pointed to that date often. See, a lot of people believe that the coup occurred that we had the big coup uh, in the no, uh, November was it November 3rd of 2020 when the election was stolen from Donald Trump they believe that this is the coup now the coup we are, we are long past the coup I think an equal date could be 1913 what was it Christmas Eve of 1913 when the Federal Reserve was first created this was uh, one of the first coups, and then Kennedy came along to kind of expose that coup, and they took firm control then when they assassinated John F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, I, I know that, you know, in today's politics, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just not a Trump fan, and, and I, I don't like to see people hoodwink. Trump makes this seem like the greatest catastrophe that ever happened to the United States was uh, the way that the Democrats and the media hounded him. It was terrible. It was ridiculous. It was annoying. It's all, it's all of those things. But it is not the worst thing to ever befall this country. That occurred decades and decades ago when the true coup uh, happened back in November of 1963 with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And then I wanted to play this, too. I thought this was a great summation. Uh, this is Clint Russell. He does a podcast called Liberty Lockdown. He started doing a show and just took off. I'm jealous. Took off during the uh, the COVID regime, but he's a libertarian guy. He's got a very interesting podcast out there. But boy, he really summarizes exactly where we find ourselves uh, these days. They're not willing to to be under the thumb of the U.S. dollar anymore, and I don't blame them. I mean, but we didn't have none of this had to happen. Let me just really double and triple down on this fact. After 1991, after the fall of the USSR, the West was in complete economic, militaristic, every level of control, cultural, media, we had it all. We had it all and we squandered it for nothing, for no reason, to enrich the cronies, to enrich the military-industrial complex, to the detriment of the American people, to the detriment of actual capitalism. We traded it all for nothing. And we risk World War III, we risk the end of humanity, we risk our financial future, we risk our pensions, we risk our economy, our job market, everything, or nothing. That's the decision that our leadership class made. Mm -hmm. It makes me furious. It should make everyone listening to this furious. None of it had to happen. And I, I couldn't agree more. This is one of the things that I find so fascinating. I find so fascinating that we can get so energized about Bud Light putting a tranny on their can. And I understand the outrage. Again, I don't disagree with it. 
boycott a brand that does something that you find appalling. Absolutely down with that. But the energy around that and no energy. <laughs> you know, when, when Ron Paul talks about the fact we have a government right now that doesn't even pretend to think that you should tell the truth about anything, he's exactly right. We know this. Yet, just think to yourselves, remind yourselves, we, we've all voted for these people. Now, I haven't voted for any of them outside of Donald Trump in 2016. None of the people that have held office that have been a cult, part of this culture of lies and corruption. Donald Trump's the only one of the mainstream politicians I've voted for since, I think, 2004. So I at least withdrew my support from it. But all of these people that, that we voted for, the Greg Harpers, the Roger Wickers, the, the Mitt Romneys, the John McCains, to all the Republicans out there. And, of course, you Democrats are doing the exact same thing. The Benny Thompsons, the Joe Bidens, the Hillary Clintons, a culture of corruption. We've been voting for these people. Post-coup, we've been voting for the people who have benefited from the coup. But Clint Russell there is right. It's been for nothing. A a absolutely nothing been no benefit to a single one of us uh, for Iraq or Afghanistan or Libya or Syria or what's going on in Ukraine right now. Nothing. And when the Soviet Union fell in the 1990s, we were. We were in the cat bird seat. We had the world at our fingertips. We could have led the world into a new era of prosperity and peace. We elected the people who took us in the exact opposite direction. Now, prosperity for them Prosperity for that 0.1%, yes. For the rest of us, for the other 330 million Americans we've gotten, <laughs> bubkis. And yet many people are still participating in this game, still throwing their lot in with one side or the other, two wings of the same crooked bird. When I come back, uh, we're going to get into, I said, I been skating to where the puck is going. Well, the puck is finally arriving. Maybe I'm in, I'm do a slap shot here. We'll get to that when we come back. Stick around. Can't explain all the feelings that you're making me feel. My heart's in overdrive and you're behind the steel. I'll tell you a weird one that I was I was kind of ahead of the curve on. Uh, does anybody remember? I believe it was last October. Last October. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was uh, uh, gas depots, whatever. We were running very, very low on uh, gasoline or diesel, something along those lines. I can't even really recall the story. I meant to go back and clip myself from this time. Because I'm somebody who certainly will raise alarm bells when I think something big is going on. CBDCs, the fall of the petrodollar, all of these kinds of things. But there was a story out, I think it was last October. Anyway, the conservative media was lit on fire about the idea that we were going to have no gas anywhere for trucks, for food, for ourselves by Thanksgiving. Do you remember this? We've got six weeks of supply left and then it's all over. And I came on this air because what I did, and I encourage everybody to do this, is when you hear some of these headlines, when you, when you hear some of the kind of the, the fear-mongering stuff, I don't care if it's coming from the right or the left or from everybody, usually the entire society loses its mind uh, at the same time. 
But I remember thinking, well, that does sound concerning. I'm going to go back and look and see what is the normal level. What's the normal level of amount of gas, you know, future gas we've got? And what I discovered and came on air and told you was that, well, it turns out that even during the Trump administration, the levels were this low for a short period of time, but nobody talked about it. But it's happened time and time again. I just, I just implore people to always seek out some historical context when you hear fear-mongering coming your way. It's just interesting, because if you had listened to conservative talk uh, radio last October, the first week or second week of October of last year, you would have thought there's absolutely no, everything is about to fall off. You better get food. There's not going to be any gas. But when I looked at those charts and went, oh, well, I, I don't count out Joe Biden screwing up something that other people have been able to deal with, but it wasn't that abnormal. So it was just kind of interesting. I don't, I don't even know why that hit me the other day, but... Uh, we didn't run out of gas on Thanksgiving of last year, to my recollection. Um, I wanted to read something to you, because I think this is interesting, too. I've done a lot of shows skating where the puck is going on these uh, psych drugs. These SSRIs and antidepressants that are found in the system, been prescribed to just about every single, and when I say just about, I've, I've been able to verify about 95% of school shooters and these mass shooters are on these drugs. I've talked about it endlessly. I won't bore you with it. But uh, this, is, this idea is finally gaining some traction, I believe. Thomas Massey, Republican congressman, maybe one of the greatest congressmen to have ever lived, certainly in the top 10% uh, out of Kentucky. He tweeted this out uh, recently. He said, I'm generally not a fan of more government, uh, excuse me, I'm generally not a fan of more federal regulations, but perhaps the FDA, which approves drugs and deems them, quote, safe and effective, unquote, should keep a publicly viewable database of perpetrators of violent crime who are on psychoactive drugs that have been given the blessing of the FDA. Amen. Amen. And he's not the only one that has called this, uh, called this out in recent days. Maybe, oh, one of the greatest things that ever happened to this country is to expose this scam of these antidepressants. But I wanted to read a letter. Tom Woods, a libertarian writer, commentator. Uh, Tom Woods had put out a newsletter the other day, and he had a doctor's letter in there. I'm going to read it to you. Because I found it pretty fascinating. Uh, Tom Woods in his piece said, I evidently touched a nerve yesterday in thinking aloud about how trustworthy the medical establishment is, given what we saw them do over the past three years. The responses I got were numerous and insistent. The confidence we have had in it has been misplaced. See? <laughs> I did. I've been doing years and years of shows long before COVID ever reared its ugly head. Uh, explaining that you should, never should have trusted these people in the first place, that your confidence in the medical system was misplaced long before COVID. Uh, Tom Woods says, as I said, this isn't a position I ever expected to adopt, but here we are. As it turns out, numerous doctors wound up relying, uh, replying to that email to say, in effect, you don't know the half of it. And see, this is interesting to me. People like Tom Woods, he's a smart guy, smarter than I am. But he just never paid attention to what was really going on in, with our medical establishment and our medical system. So he just trusted doctors. To me, it was glaringly obvious that they are just basically the extensions of pharmaceutical sales reps. I've spent years and years pointing this out. Tom Woods is smart and is bright, but, you know, you can't know everything. You can't be on top of every single subject. It just became a, a passion of mine. 
But I want you to listen to a letter from a doctor. Uh, the, the, the gist of Tom Wood's piece was, should we still trust the medical establishment? Well, I think everybody knows my answer on that. I haven't trusted them since uh, around 2005. Um, but this is just interesting. And, and Tom Woods reach, uh, reaches a lot of people, so I thought this doctor's letter was, was something worth uh, paying attention to. This is from a medical doctor. He said, the problem is many layers deep. Being a retired doctor and researcher, I can tell you that even if you're dealing with a caring, concerned, careful physician, one who might even try as best he, she can to, quote, keep up, unquote, with the literature, which is essentially how to keep up with how to use the newest drugs in some way, shape, or form, you're also dealing with a physician that was brought up in the Medicare matrix, excuse me, the medical matrix, where training is in drugs, tests, and expensive diagnostics and procedures. This is the doctor speaking again in this letter. Quote, there is essentially no, he capitalizes no, there is essentially no training whatsoever in how to help people be healthy or stay healthy. In natural medicines, in use of old-time meds repurposed for uh, novel uses, in use of supplements or special foods for treatment, etc., my cardiologist brother is one of the kindest, most generous, most thoughtful people I've ever met. Yet he, because of his training, is unknowingly also one of the most arrogant, ignorant, as in, I don't care, I don't know it or, excuse me, let me, let me start this over again. My cardiologist brother is one of the kindest, most generous, most thoughtful people I've ever met. Yet he, because of his training, is unknowingly also one of the most arrogantly ignorant, as in, quote, if I don't know it or believe it, then it's either not true or not important, unquote. He wouldn't say that in so many words, but when I told him several years ago that unfortunately the system of, air quotes here, medicine in the U.S., especially at the top and in the agencies, has been totally corrupted by money and a revolving door with big pharma, he interrupted me mid-sentence and said, quote, you could never convince me of that, so don't even try. He went on to state that he has good friends in research who do their best to find cures, blah, 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 not even really hearing what I said. I was in the system for more than 20 years before I started to realize just how compromised the system was. Anyway, I now tell people that they need to start learning for themselves how to take care of themselves until the system can be changed to once again focus on health and natural solutions and not on expensive and dangerous toxins. As a doctor, I have some training in diagnosis and examination and in use of some useful drugs and of drug side effects, etc. But I am far, capitalized, far from being a competent healer in the true sense of the word. And I am one that saw the matrix for what it was more than 20 years ago, meaning I'm in a small minority and most of the rest are even more useless. That is coming from a doctor of more than 20 years. And he explains his brother, who is just a kind, caring, wonderful person, he won't even hear a challenge to the system. To me, it's always been so obvious. You look around, people are sicker than they've ever been. They're on more medicines than they've ever been. I mean, you just look at the trajectory of Americans' health over the last 30 to 50 years, and I don't know why the medical establishment is so arrogant that they have all the answers because things are getting worse for the average, uh, the average American.
They won't even hear it. I thought that was very interesting. Uh, this also came out, uh, another thing that Thomas Massey had tweeted out. He, he sent out a chart that said, uh, well, let me, let me pull this up real quick here. Uh, Thomas Massey said, your primary care provider was bribed to suggest you should take the COVID vaccine. And he lists a thing from Anthem, the health insurance the health insurance company, and it's titled COVID-19 Vaccine Provider Incentive Program. Uh, on September 1st of 2021, they got their in the initial incentive payment. On December 31st of 2021, they got their final incentive payment. And this document goes down to list uh, what, your, uh, what your bonus would be if you got up to 75% of your patient load vaccinated, you got a $250 bonus per newly vaccinated member. Now, you can only imagine if you have uh, a successful practice with a 1,000 patients, if you get 75% of them vaccinated with this COVID vaccine, you get $250 per. What is that? Something like a $170,000 bonus from Anthem for pushing these medications? Now, again, much like the coup, much like the idea of the coup being new in the 2020 elections, there's been a coup. No, the coup is old. The coup was back in 1963. Uh, this is also not new. I've reported on this many times uh, that doctors, when it comes to childhood vaccinations, have you ever seen these doctors? They, they won't treat a child if they haven't had the full stream of, of endless uh, childhood vaccinations. Well, I'll tell you why because they have a matrix just like this uh, that basically says if you get up to a certain percentage of your patient load, the pediatricians out there, um, and I can't remember who the insurer was, so I don't want to call out any names, but essentially they got like, uh, I believe the story I had seen was $400 per patient. If you got up to around 75 or 80% of your patients fully immunized, you got like $400 per patient as a bonus. I figured it out. It was something like $200,000 bonus for these offices. You don't think that that sways a doctor? $200,000? You don't think he instructs his staff to make sure everybody's, quote, up to date on all of their shots and progressing them through that system because there's a $200,000 bonus for the practice waiting out there? And that may not be inclusive of all of the financial incentives out there. But anyway, again... Uh, credit to Thomas Massey and everybody else who was pointing this out, that the doctors who gave out these COVID vaccines, these untested, untried COVID vaccines, were incentivized to do it to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars for successful practices if they got up to a certain amount. And, and the, the, the difference is striking. Let me just say this real quick. If they only got 30% of their patient's uh, population vaccinated, they only got $100 uh, per vaccinated member. So if you have a thousand people in your practice, you know, as patients in your practice, and you only get three hundred or thirty percent of them vaccinated, you get a hundred dollars per. That's thirty grand. But if you get seventy-five percent of your populate your uh, patient population vaccinated, not only do you get more because you've vaccinated more people and you're paid per vaccinated person, but it goes up by two and a half times to two hundred and fifty dollars per person. That's the incentive in the medical system. And again, this is not new. This has been going on with childhood vaccines, with other commonly prescribed drugs. 
This medical establishment was bought and paid for a long time. Don't sacrifice your health to these people. Don't play their game. Take these incentives away from them by taking control of your own health. I'll be right back. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. I I don't know if it's bad form to point out the record of this particular show or in libertarians in general, but you've got to understand the frustration of libertarians. I've I've heard on this station, I I know Stephen Utraska played it. Jameson may have even played this. It was a Ron Paul clip from, I believe, 1988, where he was talking about the FBI. Because libertarians have been looking at this issue since the 1970s, realizing hot on the heels of J. Edgar Hoover's massive corruption of that agency, where he basically used it as a blackmailing uh, operation. Wasn't he at the FBI for like 37 years? That wasn't an accident. Wasn't because he was doing such a whiz-bang, smash-up job. (laughs) He had everybody compromised. And so libertarians have been screaming about the FBI for forever, but people just won't wake up until it becomes so bad that it's right in your own living room. And for many of the people participating in the January 6th uh, protests, that's quite literal. The FBI was in their living room, continues to be in their living room. So it's very frustrating. So when I talk about skating to where the puck is going, what I mean is, well, let's wake up to some of these things a little earlier rather than later. Because it is very frustrating to be a member of society watching the general population go along with things that you know is just going to be catastrophic in the end. The right is waking up on a lot of things, great to their credit, to things like the FBI. And what's been interesting, too, is the case of this leaker with the national security documents. Some conservatives, like even Tucker Carlson, are pointing out the painfully obvious that this poor kid exposed the truth and he's in jail. But the people who lie to us and cover things up and withhold secrets pertinent secrets like, oh, I don't know, we have troops on the ground in Ukraine facing off with Russian soldiers right now. Right now as we speak, we have special forces on the ground. Of course, the media didn't cover any of the context, any of the content of any of these uh, revelations. They really focused in on how could we let these secrets out because the media is just the hand puppet of the deep state. But Tucker Carlson did a great clip. I'm not going to play it, but he did a great, a great segment where he said the people who are lying to us are the ones who locked up the guy who told the truth. And it has been very heartening to me to see conservatives come out and say, uh, shouldn't we be paying attention to actually the fact that Joe Biden has committed us to essentially to World War III? as opposed to how did this 21-year-old get... And I, and I think most of us probably know, apparently, this guy. Well, the, the narrative is he was this uh, you know radical right-wing white supremacist or something that was trying to impress his friends on Discord. Uh, that's an online application, isn't it? I wonder how many of his, air quotes here in the studio, friends were actually federal agents. I wonder if any of his air quotes here in the studio friends maybe provided him with this information because there's a lot of people who have come out and said there's no way this guy at his level had any access to this information. 
But it, it's it's heartening to see that conservatives are coming around on this issue because whistleblowers like Julian Assange, that's a bad characterization of him. He was just a publisher. He was a journalist. And Trump persecuted him, slow killed him in a prison where he still sits because Joe Biden is just carrying on the legacy of the deep state as Trump did with Julian Assange. And, and the problem that I have with this, and, and I, you might not like me saying this, but we all know it's true. If this had been the Trump second term and this kid had leaked these documents or any documents like this, uh, conservatives would not be awake on this issue. They would be the ones pointing out the problems of this kid and how he should be, how he should be targeted. Uh, I'm going to read a typical, a typical view of these leak situations. I don't know if this person is conservative or not, but this is what I've heard from conservative media up to and including Hugh Hewitt just a few days ago. This is kind of a, a typical uh, view of leakers. Uh, this person had posted, I think this was on Twitter, I saw this. He said, these are fundamentally different situations. This piece of beep leaked operational information that might get people killed if it hadn't already. He's not some noble truth teller about Ukraine. All leaks are bad, I agree, but people defending this kid need to smarten up. First of all, they always claim it will get Americans killed. There's never any proof that this actually happens, but that's the first thing that they tell you is that this put lives at risk. The media will say it, the politicians, the bloodthirsty neocons, they'll all tell you, you can't let the truth out because if you let the truth out, some of our people might die. There's, there's never any proof of this, but they always say that it's very effective. But more importantly, more importantly, on this leak, if Americans are killed in Ukraine because of this leak, is it because of the leak or is it because we have Americans somewhere they shouldn't be in the first place in Ukraine fighting Russians? They will be killed not because of a leak of the truth. They will be killed because we have sent them into harm's way for no good reason. Always remember that. Do not fall for the typical conservative view of leakers, which is this is always a danger to national security. Your government is lying to you. They lied to you under the Biden administration. We all know that. Unfortunately, they lied to us under the Trump administration, the Obama administration, the Bush administration, etc., etc., etc. So don't, don't let your partisan lens cloud your your views on these whistleblowers. The Mises Caucus, which is the group that took over the Libertarian Party, tweeted this out. They said, just so we are perfectly clear, we will leak every single government secret we get our hands on. That's the Mises Caucus running the Libertarian Party. Got a presidential election coming up in a couple of years. The idea being that if a Libertarian took office, they would just declassify it all. You know, that's kind of like... Uh, talking earlier about the Kennedy assassination, and that's when the real coup took place. People think the coup took place in 2020. Actually, the coup against Donald Trump, this coup against the 2020 election, uh, Donald Trump actually still still classified thousands. You remember he was supposed to release all of the JFK files? They've been supposed to do this since, I think, the early 90s, maybe 1992 was the first deadline for releasing all of the JK, uh, JFK files. They put it off 20 years. When it came to Trump, he left like several thousand pages of them still classified. That's interesting, isn't it? Isn't that, I, th I think that's germane 
for somebody that was saying he opposes the deep state, going to take the deep state down. I, I think that would have been a pretty big nail in the coffin if we had actually known the truth about the JFK uh JFK files. But what's interesting to me about what the Mises caucus says, if they were to take power and run the government, that she, again, I'll quote them. They said, just so we are perfectly clear, we will leak every single government secret we get our hands on. I know there are people listening to me right now that go, oh, wait a second. That's too far, Mike. That's a little bit too far. There are certain things. And here's another one of these kind of Jedi mind tricks that they do on you. What they do is they, they say, uh, well, they know things that we don't know. Now, this is true. In a, in a just and honest world, if we had any people with integrity or honesty in government, I might be able to buy that, that there are certain things. You know, I mean, if you're actually in a conflict, if, if we were attacked by another country here in the homeland, we, we wouldn't want to leak our operational plans out there. But that's not ever what the situation has been, certainly in my lifetime, and I guess essentially... Uh, when was the last time we had an attack on this country? And don't talk about 9-11. There's some new files out about that I'll be covering in a future show from a lawsuit that was filed, uh, I think, on behalf of some Guantanamo Bay people. Turns out the CIA knew an awful lot about the 9-11 hijackers. But there are a lot of people out there with a hear that, oh, the libertarians would leak all of our secrets. Look, we've got too many secrets. They're not secrets for strategic purposes. They're secrets to cover up the truth, to allow the people who are these psychopaths who have been running the show, it's secrets to cover up their crimes. That's what the vast majority of classified documents are. It's not to protect us. It's to keep us in the dark. That's why they're keeping all these secrets. I uh, got to take a quick break. We'll come back for one final segment. I'm going to just talk about a couple of things that I think may, you know, if you want to skate to where the puck is going, I think there's a few other things where the 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 awakening will continue. So you can start wrestling with these ideas now, or you can just wait until the other 95% of <laughs> of uh, people on the right and many people on the left too. I don't really like to make this a partisan issue. The truth is not partisan. It just is. But you can wait. Uh, most people will. They'll wait until the mass of humanity agrees with them. So they've got some cover to actually say the things that were patently obvious 50 years ago. That's kind of, that's the aggravation of the libertarian screaming about some of these issues. I'll float a few more out there for you. You may agree or disagree. We'll see how it goes. Be right back. So dark you can't see the end. Skies cocked back. Shotgun which can't defend. The rain then sends dripping. Acidic questions. Forcefully. The power of suggestion. Then with the eyes shut. Looking through the rust and rotten dust. A small spot of light floods the floor. And pours over the rusted world of pretend. And the eyes ease open and it's dark again. From the top to the bottom. From the top I stop. At the core I forgot it. All right, final segment for the day today. Um, you know, talking about covering up the truth, I did see one of the libertarian groups, I think it might have been the Mises Caucus, uh, they sent out a tweet with some of these Ukraine documents, some of these leaked documents. Uh, Twitter censored them, closed their account, suspended them. I'm just saying. Uh, I like a lot of the things that Elon Musk is doing, the things that he's saying. I think he has far and away uh, improved uh, Twitter, but by in no means fixing it. Uh, this was just very interesting because, as my understanding was, that these documents were actually on the front page of the New York Times. 
It, it, I, I don't have a birdcage to line at home, so I don't see the New York Times, but that was my understanding. Anyway, Twitter uh, censored those things. But uh, good to see conservatives waking up on some things, so I just wanted to go in and <laughs> say I think there will be a few other things, and you'll agree with some of these and disagree with some of these, but uh, I, I'll be interested to see the metamorphosis of that. Uh, if you want to know where real freedom-loving conservatives will be going next once they've broken free of the Republican deep state mind control, <laughs> I think these are some of the things uh, that will be coming up. Uh, a, a biggie for me, just because this is a freedom issue, is the drug war. I think conservatives will finally wake up to the failed drug war. And they'll finally understand that you've been hoodwinked in the, into this by the prison industrial complex and tr tricked into thinking that the government should control behaviors that you might find distasteful. I'm all for fighting a war on drugs uh, if it is medically based or a war on addiction. Not a war on drugs, but a war on addiction. A medically based war on addiction. And I don't mean the medical establishment, but I mean tricking people who have addiction, uh, uh, treating people who have addiction issues uh, medically and not legally. I think that this will also co coincide possibly with the waking up of policing in America, and I'm not talking about abolishing or defunding the police. I'm talking about reforming what policing is, focusing on victim crimes, solving robberies, protecting our rights, not enforcing laws passed by politicians. I'm going to do a show on that coming up soon. I do believe that conservatives will finally wake up to the income tax at some point and actually not question just the level of which federal taxes are levied, but they'll eventually look at the entire system of government theft. Of course, this will only occur once enough of you realize that you're actually paying for your own prison, that money for the national security state was just a slush fund for worldwide oligarchs. It may take getting that last war with China that everybody's been so excited about first. Then when we're defeated, because we have taken about a half of the world's population and lined them up against us because we've supported these horrific foreign policies, maybe when we are truly thrown into some level of bondage, it may take that, but uh, we'll see. And there's one other one that I kind of had on my list here because I, I may do another show on this one too. The propaganda of manipulated, how do I say this? Manipulated patriotism. I tell you, I started thinking about this the other day. Uh, things like the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, I know that will trigger some people. But when what are we actually pledging allegiance to these days? We say we do it to the flag. But it certainly feels like we're raising uh, several generations now, maybe starting with the boomers, to really have them, they've been pledging allegiance to the government. Because if they were pledging allegiance to the freedoms of this country, what the flag is supposed to represent, which is true freedom, true freedom and liberty in this country, then they would never have, if uh, they violate that pledge constantly. Now, I've talked about patriot porn before. I think that people are propagandized to using patriotism. I'm a huge patriot in my way. I believe that I believe in much of what the founding fathers uh, gave to us in working to protect it. But it doesn't really feel like all of these patriotic things. It really feels like it's, you know, the military flyovers before a football game 
along with the national anthem, kind of ties together militarism with patriotism. And I think even we may even rethink those things. It may take a split up into a couple of different countries here within the United States uh, to get that point across. But it feels like they're really, some of these things are, uh, they're using, our, they're weaponizing patriotism to be more a worship of the state rather than the ideas that America was founded on. Just a thought. We'll see if I flesh it out in a future show. That's all the time I got for today. Have a great one. I'll see you next time. Uh, Bye-bye.